right, it's Friday the 12th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicky here with Shane Lee, here to wrap up the end of the week with the big sporting news. Ahead of a huge weekend of sport as well, ahead of us, Shane. How you been? I've been really good, Shad. And, uh, mate, I'm looking forward to next week. You're finally coming on Lunch with Lee. I know. Oh, well, I have been on before. I was on with, um, yeah. was it JT? I think I was on with it JT. It was, but, 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 but I'm talking face-to-face, uh, mate. We did, I actually I get the we lunch. Did, we, <laughs> we, you get the lunch. We did the original one during COVID, so it was over Zoom. Yeah. But the, get, the guests I've got you coming on with, mate. It's an old friend of mine, an old cricket colleague, mm. and a guy that's been through the absolute ringer in recent times, Stuart McGill. Right. So that'll be interesting chat there, mate, about what happened and 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 yeah, you know, how is he now and that sort of stuff and um and what went wrong. So yeah, I'll be really interested to see what Stuart says about that incident. Yeah, this is the infamous kidnapping that took place. Yes. Yeah, fascinating mm. story that will be taking place there. Uh, I, you know what, it's kind of a bit of a link actually when you think about it because I've just been doing my show about being over in Colombia and almost killing a man. So, you know, <laughs> there's you kind go. of ties connecting there which is pretty fun. I actually filmed the show last <laughs> night so anyone in Brisbane who came to check it out, thanks for coming along. Um, going to be cutting it up, Shano, so I'll be putting it up uh, for release probably in the next few months, I reckon. So can't I'll, wait, can't wait to I'll, see that. That'd I'll let great. you know when it's on. But look, this is a sport podcast, so let's get into it. Hey, we've got some cricket mm-hmm. to talk about. A kind of almost groundbreaking contract that's going on in the IPL for the cricket. Uh, what's happening with the Socceroos draw for the Asian Cup? And man, last night's NRL. We've got to talk about these sin bits. It's up next. Hi, it's David Poir here host of the Employability Podcast. We have a new season of episodes for you to listen to. So if you're someone starting out in your professional career and looking for a way to get ahead in the corporate world, tune in. On the pod, we talk to a bunch of people from diverse backgrounds who have navigated their way to successful careers here in Australia. Find the Employability Podcast on any podcast app and click to follow. Shana, let's kick things off with the cricket here. Now, England quick, Jofra Archer. Now, there's a report here that he has signed a contract that seems kind of groundbreaking when it comes to cricketing contracts that can even affect the international game. It can. I've been banging on about this for for quite a while now, for over a year, that what is going to happen, and Cricket Australia in particular, and the the cricketing bodies like the, um, the English Cricket Board need to be... Uh, aware that the IPL franchises are going to start to sign players to central contracts. And by that I mean someone like Jeffrey Archer, not Jeffrey Archer, <laughs> Jeffra Archer, um, uh, will be signing potentially with the Mumbai Kings, which means that they can then choose for him not to play for England if selected. Yeah. Um, so what they'll do, he'll play for the Mumbai Kings. They also own uh, a piece of the South African uh, T20 franchise in the West Indies as well. So he'll just play... Uh, a bit like a, a roadshow around, a bit like a carnival going around and playing all these tournaments and therefore won't be able to play for um, the country of which he um, has been selected for before. So they're taking the power away from the cricket bodies. This is fascinating to me because it, it kind mm. of also reeks of what was kind of happening uh, when it came to football with the EPL. Because mm-hmm. I remember back in the yep. day, you know, the old Aloisi Socceroos era, when it was like, oh, we can't get Harry Kuhl because they won't let him out of playing this weekend. Like, that kind of stuff was kind of going on. And then, obviously, yep. you know, they're not really allowed to do that as much anymore. But, you know, th- that seems like a dangerous place to be in for the world uh, competitiveness of your sport if you're going to let them. But the money's there, isn't it? So, as a player, 
it's kind of hard to say yeah. no to the millions of dollars that no doubt he'd be getting offered to do this kind of contract. Yeah, you, you have to take the money as it plays. Your, your lifespan in the sport is very short. But, you know, Kerry Packard did this many years ago. He realised if, if you sign the players like he did with um, uh, Chappell, um, Tony Gregg uh, and Clive Lloyd and the players get signed, then the game will follow. Um, and it all sort of came around. Um, so it's definitely happening again. So Cricket Australia need to, if they want to protect the game that is very, very important to our country and to, to our fans here, they need to start signing the players, paying them more so they don't sign these central contracts with the Indian but Premier But then League. the challenge is, can the Austra- can Cricket Australia really compete with the cash that's getting thrown around at the IPL? I don't think so. Well, no, but, but that's that's going to be the problem, isn't it? Because there's huge money over there, but there won't be a game here in the future. Um, you know, it'll be just players going and off, as I said, going playing these satellite tournaments and getting paid a huge amount of money, and we'll have sort of a second grade guys playing for Australia in Test cricket. Wow, that's well, that could be a danger mm-hmm. signs for cricketing as a yep. world sport. Uh, let's look at a football, the other world game, the real world game, Socceroos. Mm-hmm. People are kind of saying that we've got a bit of a tricky group to try and repeat the success of the Asia Cup. Well, this is they're talking about us playing January and February 20, 2024 in Qatar. Um, we've, our group is Uzbekistan, Syria, and India. Oh, the heavyweights. The heavyweights. <laughs> Come on. We can't beat those three. We give it up. <laughs> All right. Bloody hell. Look, Uzbekistan's, Uzbekistan's ranked 76. Yeah, okay. um, Syria, 90-something. India, 100-something. <laughs> Look, we, we've got to be able to beat those, surely. <laughs> that's a, this is a worry, if that's our concern. Yeah. The team that, you know, pushed yeah. it against, uh, you know, a good first half against Argentina and, you know, like we're yeah, one right. goal short and we're like, oh, no, yeah. Uzbekistan and Syria. I'll give it a rest, Socceroos. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on now. We should be able to get through that. I know that seems arrogant, but that's the expectation after the World Cup success. God, miss me with that worry. Jesus. I'd be more worried if we were playing Uzbekistan, Syria and India in a cricket tournament. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. We, we, we could probably sign a few of the cricketers and they'd still be in India in soccer. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's turn our attention to the AFL. Um, I want to touch on this one first. The, mm. wor- the word that uh, broadcasters are looking to move Carlton out of primetime fixtures because of their uh, bit of a collapse over the last few months or last few weeks. Yeah, so uh, the AFL have a, a thing called the floating fixture um, and it's based on they choose um, from rounds you know, 16 to 24 who's been performing well and who'll get the primetime spots. And they're saying it's pretty much footy's Broadway. Right. Uh, who gets to play on that? Now, Carlton started the season really well, so they were getting those primetime you know, Friday night games. But since then, they've lost to Adelaide, St Kilda, in Brisbane and they've got the Bulldogs Collingwood and Melbourne coming up so there's a good chance they're going to be off Broadway pretty soon if they don't start winning it's so grim for Carlton but you know what at least maybe they're collapsing now rather than at the very end of the year like they did last year maybe that means we can work our way back up I don't know what the problem is with this team but it's like they don't believe that they can win (laughs) that seems to be the issue well yeah they have a lot of high-profile supporters. There's a lot of money in the club and a lot of expectations. So with that comes, I suppose, players getting nervous and um, and, and maybe outside pressure is putting too much pressure on them as well. Can I, can you uh, Are you across this cost-of-living allowance issue at the moment for players outside of mm-hmm. Victoria? Like, yep. what's How does this work? Well, so this comes down to, the first thing I want to say is, like, Eddie Maguire should just shut up, I think. <laughs> like um, the, the, the Collingwood Football Club, I think, is doing so well. They're currently, since Eddie's left, they're sitting top of the table. Mm. 
their, their coach does uh, their, their, sorry their captain Darcy Moore I think is a class act and speaking really well as is their coach Craig McRae and CEO and they came out even last week saying you shouldn't build a legend like Buddy Franklin mm. now Eddie's popped his head up again and this comes down to with the um, inclusion of the new Tasmanian team for 2028 um, they're saying that a lot of money will go to Tasmania to get that up and running like they do and um, our coach here, John uh, Longmire from the Swans, has said, "Well, don't forget about you know the Sydney teams. We've got you know the, the, the biggest population and two teams here. We need to keep supporting that. And the cost of living allowance goes to it's a bit of a, a, a top up to, to players who come to Sydney because it is expensive to buy a house here uh, and to live in this city. Yeah, it was controversial. I remember um, in the securing of, of big name players because it felt like it was That's a right. salary cap yeah. plus. But, but, but it's, as as yeah. uh, the the former ex um, Swans chairman Richard Collis said, he's a good bloke too, Richard. I like him. Um, he said. Eddie doesn't know what he's talking about. It's pro rata. It's not about Buddy Franklin getting you know, two or three cleaners to clean his house because um, he's on, on a multi-million dollar contract. It's the, it's the lower ranked players who are on the smaller contracts that need to be topped up so they can afford to live here. And when it comes down to making a decision whether you go to, say, play, play in Adelaide where the cost of living is a lot cheaper, um, you should be able to make a, a, an even decision depending on what club's best for you. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, yep. we know that the, the Tasmania at the moment, for those that read any news from our uh, southern state, that there's a, yeah, there's an issue down there with accommodation. The rental crisis in right. the rest of the country yep. is even bigger in Tasmania. I, I, I mm. think you're right. Like, you need this to prop up the team. The AFL's kind of learned with the kind of mixed failure, some would say, of the Suns. Yep. That you need to prop up these teams to make them successful because if they're not competitive or right. noisy in the first two years, no one's going to give a shit about it. And then the worst possible thing for the AFL is to have another team that fails to be Correct. an addition to the competition, which some would argue that the Suns for a while there were not. <laughs> so that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I think, and it's really easy to complain when you're in the uh, house that's at the top of the hill in the mansion there, Eddie Maguire. So, <laughs> well, it's exactly right. Look, and look, I, I think Eddie made um, his name originally as a journalist, and he was he would hang with the players and go out, and he'd see things, and he, he'd never report on it. So he had the players' trust. He's become a. a, a a real media figure, obviously in Melbourne, but he just hates the Swans. Mm. He just has a, he just, he hates the Swans that much, and he every chance he gets, he tries to put the knife in. <laughs> and I just think Collingwood, as a team and and a, and a club now, they're doing so well without Eddie's negativity. Yeah, Get, shut up, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it fascinating though that a racism yep. issue pops up in the AFL, and all of a sudden Eddie Maguire mm. decides to talk about something? Yeah, that's oh, right. Geez, yeah. anything, he should learn to shut the hell up. Anyway, uh, coming yeah. up next, we're going to be talking some NRL, uh, so we'll get up to it soon. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a cell aid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your cell aid at cellaid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. All 
All right, Shane. Look, it's dark days. The flags are being flown half-mast here in Brisbane um, after last night against the Melbourne Storm, who continue their dominance over the uh, over the Broncos right now. This is crazy, like this hoodoo between the Storm and the Broncos. 24-16, and to be honest, the Bronx probably could feel a bit hard done by here. Sinbin on mm. either side of half, that hip drop... Raises its ugly head again. Yep. Uh, they're yep. also they missed they lost Adam Reynolds in what looked like a pretty dicey situation that we've since heard he's been cleared of serious neck injuries that one that he's kind of had throughout his career uh, when he basically mm. knocked himself out in the process of trying to score a try. Essentially, um, he was taken from the field. They've got Reese Walsh after the game last night looking at a potential shoulder charge. Mm-hmm. Um, at the <laughs> at the end of this weekend, which could rob him of an Origin debut potentially. Uh. I mean, losing to the Storm is bad enough, but it was like the wheels fell off afterwards with these kinds of issues. A suspension hanging over Paddy Carrigan. What's going mm. on with the Broncos? Well, yeah, the Storm definitely have the wood over them. That's for sure. Winning twenty four to sixteen. It was ten all at half time, um, and before Reynolds, yeah, you know, had to leave the field in a in a, in a medicab. Um, and thank goodness his neck is okay. Um, but yeah, the, once they lost him, the, the playmaker, they sort of fell apart, and the, the storm overran him. This this sort of um, rivalry between the storm and the Broncos reminds me a lot of now of the Swans and and um, Geelong, and how Geelong have got the, the wood over the Swans. The storm have definitely got that over the Broncos. Yeah, I think the Broncos have been a worrying situation now. If they lose the amount of players they potentially can lose off the yes. back of this game, I mean, Walsh. Here we go again. The shoulder charge that they're going to say about Walsh. Uh, it does look like a shoulder charge, and I understand it's a blanket rule. Mm-hmm. You can't shoulder charge, but bloody hell. When's the NRL going to stop taking every opportunity away from the defensive player? Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you supposed to do there when you've got a giant like Olam running yeah. for the line and you're, you know, you don't even weigh half as much of him ring and wet if you're Reese Walsh? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that. Yeah, it's like I get it that the people like you calling for it, but also you got to be allowed to try and stop a try. Yeah, like it's, you, it's not easy. You know what I mean? And then the rules just like rugby. What? So if he just throws a little bit of an arm around, then that's okay. Like uh, mm. it's it's a, it's a tough uh, ask for them. Paddy carrying with the hip drop. I mean, I'm not going to bang on about how annoying that rule is. I think we see enough people talking about how stupid it is, and the NRL needs to mm-hmm. figure it out. Yep. But. This Broncos side could be missing three. He had Aaron Reynolds to there. Could be four really key players to their side for the next coming weeks. Which, and before State of Origins kicks in as well. Oh, man. And, and you know, yeah. that's already a hard time for the Broncos side. So we, we right. could see this Broncos side slip a bit. They still sit on top of the ladder, mm. but it could be a worrying situation for the next few weeks for the Broncos. Um, something positive to talk about with your Dragons this weekend. Ben Hunt will become the 47th player to have played 300 games. Um, and a majority of those have been with the Dragons, which I'm sure he thinks is an awful, awful situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the the thing is with this, it's um, the congratulations to to Ben Hunt to, to to reach that milestone. As you said, only 46 players have done it before him in 115 years. The uh, the average length of any career in the uh, NRL has been 45 games. Mm. Um, so to make 300 is a huge effort. So he goes up to, to Queensland, um, to back to the, where the state where he's from originally, to play the Cowboys in Townsville uh, for his 300th game. So hopefully the bloody Dragons can lift and, and get him a win because um, he's been the best player the last two years for them. And 
Now, when he signed um, his five-year deal for six million dollars, he was the highest-paid player at that point in time, mm. um, and he's had a you know, he's had he's had a good career. His 2015 was probably not the best time for him in the grand final with a Golden Point horror, but he's won three State of Origins. Oh, and the years after, yeah. I mean, he he's not on social mm. media because of how yep. awful. Sorry to say, but how awful you Dragons fans mm. were to him in the first couple of years yep. of him being a dragon. I'm I'm actually genuinely shocked that Ben Hunt is still yeah. a dragon. Like it blows I my don't mind, think he his and career. it must be just Hook. No. Surely not. Surely not. And I mean, with the rumours that the, the Roosters are already shopping Walker apparently to the Dolphins, mm. I mean, I feel like a Ben Hunt. Wayne Bennett reunion could be on the cards, even though it didn't end yep. too great. But who knows? <laughs> um, we'll wrap things up. Um, it's nice to talk about Aussies in the UFC. We've, we're bloody punching above our weight. I've, I've also, like literally, in many cases as well, <laughs> when it comes to Volkanovski. Um, but uh, we don't hear much of some of our ladies in the draw, and probably because one of our uh, top women fighters was actually out for the last mm. 12 months with a series of uh, pretty awful and gruesome injuries. But Jessica Rose Clark is on the comeback with the UFC and she is not minced words when she talks about wanting to fight the person who put her out of the game. Put her out of the game for a year. Uh, mm. It was called an arm bar, which basically dislocated her elbow. And she says, and I quote here, it was like someone tearing a piece of paper when they ripped her yeah. elbow out, out of a socket. Oh my god! Yeah, that's horrible. And her issue, her issue with this is, uh, you know, Rose Clark. She was she was fighting against. Uh, well, she was she was in the match, and she had kind of been tapped out by an armbar mm. earlier, in a few other bouts, and people kind of said she tapped too early. So she kind of had in her head that I'm not going to tap out early this time. But she was fighting against. I'm going to butcher the name, but Lithuania's Julia Stolarenko. Um, and when the armbar got locked in, she even says, she's like, I'm going to try and hold on. But when she felt the dislocation mm, happen, horrible. she tapped. But her issue is, is that the Lithuanian actually kept going with the armbar, oh. which then tore a bunch of the ligaments in her arm as well, which then caused her to be out for a few, a fair, fair few months. Uh, and then she had a couple more injuries to tack onto it. But she didn't mince no. words, like saying, I want to get back at her. And I want knock to get her out in the ring said, and I want to yeah, knock, knock her, her out. out. Good girl. <laughs> that is awesome. So it'll be exciting to see another Aussie back in the octagon. 35 years old, so it did rob her of a good period of her career there. But she's now making mm. a um, run to try and get into that top five and hopefully on track to a final before her UFC career ends. Hey, Shad, just, just speaking of bars, where are you playing this weekend? Mate, this weekend I'm going to be at the Brisbane Powerhouse okay. uh, doing my show, Shad and Pete Save the World. And then I'm down at the Factory Theatre, Shano, in Sydney, uh, Wednesday and Friday doing my solo show and my late night show with my mate Peter James, also popping up all around for the Sydney Comedy Festival from Monday. So Beautiful. Not only will I be seeing you for lunch, probably seeing some people for some laughs. Uh, hopefully see you guys there. But before we go, uh, for afternoon sport, we should give a thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet, the any betting app you'll ever need. All right, we'll be back Monday to wrap up all the sport from the weekend. We'll see you then. See you then, guys. Take care. Afternoon sport. You want something different for your next client event? How about a live podcast? The team at the Afternoon Sport Group love an audience, so why not add some star factor to your next occasion? Get the guys talking shop at your next event. For more information, email hello at afternoonsport.com.